You're listening to Boss Tone Radio. Presented by BossUS.com. Okay, welcome. This is Paul Hansen, your host again today for this ninth edition of Boss Tone Radio. We've had all these shred-type guitar players lately. I thought it might be time to have a different type of player. So, from the beautiful Hollywood Hills in California, we have Michael Ward on the line. Michael's done the shred thing, I know, because I included some of his licks in my book, Shred Guitar. But he's had incredible success playing with these huge bands, playing the right part for the song. Michael launched onto the scene in the 90s with his band School of Fish, and he had a big hit called Three Strange Days and some other really cool songs. After that, he became the guitar player for The Wallflowers, and you would have definitely had trouble missing that band. Their album, Bringing Down the Horse, I think was over four times platinum, won a couple Grammys, and their song, One Headlight, won Best Video in 97 for VH1 Video Awards. Uh, but since then, Michael's been busy doing lots of different stuff, recording with John Hyatt, Ben Harper, and many more. Uh, you can check out Michael's website at wardworldwide.com. Uh, before we talk to him, let's listen to a little bit of Michael's tasty guitar playing here. Here's some excerpts from uh, that big hit, One Headlight, from The Wallflowers. Here's Michael Ward. Did you hear any of that on your end of the phone, Michael? It's a stroll down memory lane. I could hear it, yeah. <laughs> it's a stroll down memory lane for me, too. Man, that song, <laughs> I heard it so much because it was such a big hit. I associate a lot of good memories with it also. <laughs> hey, so you're heading to Australia in a few days? Yeah, I'm taking off in two days for a little two-week tour of Australia with Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. That's uh, uh-huh. I've been in Ben's band for about a year and a half. I'm getting closer to two years now, so... That's my main thing these days. What kind of style is Ben Harper? Ben is a guy from Claremont, California out here, and he's most famous for his... He plays lap steel. Uh He started off playing on an acoustic Weisenborn playing lap, and it's uh, really cool. Since then, he's branched out into more of a fully rounded singer-songwriter. He'll play some standard electric guitar, and he'll put the guitar down and just sing and be a front man and really interesting guy and very very accomplished uh, musician mm-hmm. so we'll get back to ben harper in a few minutes so you've had a really busy career you played with so many bands at your website i think there's 
about 30 pictures of uh, 30 different CDs on your website. So <laughs> yeah. I think other guitar players, including me, you know, we wonder, how do you get so many, you know, great gigs? Well, uh, first of all, I've been really, really lucky. I ask myself that question sometimes, you know, uh -huh. I just, I'm so thrilled to have been able to play with so many awesome artists. School of Fish was my own band back in the early 90s, and that was, you know, when you start a band and you want to conquer the world and you do all that stuff, and eventually... Awesome band, too. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Immediately after that, I was lucky enough to play with this guy, John Hyatt, because the guy who uh -huh. produced the last School of Fish album was producing this John Hyatt album, and I was a big John Hyatt fan. So there's uh -huh. all these, like, connect-the-dots things. You yeah. Know, obviously, L.A. is kind of the place to be. Uh -huh. started playing with John Hyatt, and that was my first gig as yep. more or less a sideman. You know, I wasn't writing music or anything. I was just uh -huh. like, okay, hired to play guitar. But there's... Somehow that became more my, my livelihood than having my own bands. And there's, uh -huh. much as I'm always itching to create and write music, it's, there's kind of a great sort of anonymity of just playing guitar for somebody. <laughs> He's got the burden of be, writing the songs and being the front man, and you just show up and play your, your gig as good as you can and right. while traveling the world and making records and doing all this stuff. So, yeah, it, you, you know, know there's always been like from one gig to the next, some little one person or one little scenario that connected to the next one. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, you mentioned School of Fish. Let's take a listen to uh, some of that. This was your own band you formed with Josh Clayton Felt. I've got the intro of Three Strange oh, Days. Cool. And, man, this is freaky. There's, like, all kinds of backwards stuff here. So <laughs> let's, let's check this out here. This is from School of Fish's album. Is it called just School of Fish? School of Fish, yeah. Yeah, the first album. And it's called. this is called Three Strange Days. Here goes. Sorry about my rough segue there. No, I like that edit. That's oh, fun. cool. Man, that, that intro is so freaky. Do you remember what you did? Oh, very clearly, actually, because uh -huh. that was um, back in the day when you had to actually flip analog tape over to, to do backwards stuff and then record uh -huh. it and then flip it back again. Like For that particular 
cut. Uh-huh. I, we we just knew we wanted this kind of backwards, freaky thing, and I had just gotten this Demeter amp, which I still, it's like my main amp still. Yep, James Demeter. We came up with this thing, and did, me and Josh made, did the chords together and whatever, and started figuring out this thing, and we... We did this backwards trip on it with the old analog tape and everything, and it's funny, though, because when we had to do it live, it was pretty hard to recreate that, uh-huh. and um, so we would actually do it with a couple of Boss Delay pedals, which is another little segue for you. So, which pedals? We're talking early 90s. Yeah, those might have been the DD2. DD oh, yeah, the 2 or whatever, right? To us, it was the white Boss Delay pedal, you know, and Josh would do volume swells on his guitar with the delay on, and then I would kind of do it. I was actually tapping like false harmonics with the, with the delay on and stuff, and it, it would uh-huh. get us pretty close, you know. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, you could use uh, one of the loop stations. Exactly. The RC20 XL and the RC50 both have reverse. I actually learned the Star Spangled Banner backwards. Really? Yeah, it's funny. You play. That's part of the Star Spangled Banner. It, yeah. it sounds backwards, the effect, but the melody yeah. comes out correct, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Here, let me play it real quick. This little excerpt from the Star Spangled Banner, and I'm playing it backwards into the loop station. The loop station's then going to play it forward. I also added a little bit of DD3 uh, delay. <laughs> Another like totally cool effect is I set it on reverse, mm-hmm. and then I start playing just uh, like whammy yeah. type stuff, especially without distortion. Then you have a wide dynamic range. And then when I hit the pedal, it starts right from where I left off and plays back to the beginning. Wow. <laughs> That's so freaky. Here's that effect, too. RC20XL, that's a... <laughs> also, with the big looper, we have an RC50, which you can have three different, completely different things going backwards wow. at the same time. But anyway, so did you, when you flip the tape over, then did you learn it backwards and then play it forwards? Well, it's only three chords and I think about four notes of a melody. So uh-huh. it's, it's almost like a loop type of thing. So once it starts, it doesn't really matter if it's backwards right. or forwards. You know what I mean? I would uh-huh. kind of mimic how it sounded on the tape and the finished product and try to kind of recreate that. But uh-huh. it wasn't quite as tricky as playing the entire Star Spangled Banner Yeah, because you've got this da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Let me play this a sec. Oh, here we go. That's going backwards. So you that, That's backwards, but uh-huh. what I did, I think, when I was re- flipped the tape and recording it, I tapped the harmonics of the notes. Oh, 12 frets. It's like a little Mixolydian scale thing. And uh-huh. The thing we liked about that song is it's in B flat, which was so kind of odd for a guitar tune, but it's just like uh-huh. starting on the flat seventh of the chord. And then I just tapped them, and then when you flip the tape over, it sounds kind of cool. Very cool. 
So it, your your rhythm guitar sound was slamming. Was that the Demeter amp? Yeah, absolutely. Just it, double tracked and split in stereo, and like there you go. You know, uh-huh. I had a lucky combination. I had a good Les Paul that my dad gave me when I was in about the eighth grade. The Demeter sounded really fat, and uh, yeah. it was you know. Yeah. Back when it was all easy, you you were young and excited, and you plugged <laughs> in, and it sounded great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break, but stay tuned for the next segment. That would be segment two of this ninth edition of Boston Radio. We'll continue where we left off with Michael Ward, and he's going to tell us more about gear, more about tone, and more about life with all these interesting bands he's played with, including, of course, the Wallflowers. Stay tuned to Boston Radio. Radio. 